You're listening to Health Call Live, the area's only live local interactive radio hour devoted to you and your health. Watch the video live stream on the Health Call Facebook page and call us with your questions at 447-1190 or toll free at 800-333-1190. Here's your host, health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. Good morning. So great to be back with you again. This is the favorite part of my week, this time we spend together here on Saturday mornings. And this Saturday morning, we have Greg Russell from Fort Wayne Custom Rx in the studio with us again this morning. One of my favorite guests. Great to have you here. Great to be here. Happy holidays. Thank you. Same to you. And that is a point that we are going to talk about today is all the rich foods, all the sweets that show up in the office. Heck, here on the radio station this morning, back in the kitchen, there's a tray of baked goods that look just fantastic. But, man, those can really light you up. Some people really have a problem. They sure do. Digestive disorders, especially this time of the year, really flare. We see it all the time. Do you? How is it? Is it year-round or is seasonal? Well, it is year-round. Uh, there's an underlying uh, year-round occurrence. Uh, it affects a lot of Americans. You know, up to a quarter of our uh, of Americans at any one time are are dealing with heartburn and digestive disorders. But of course, it you know the richer and the worse the food is that we consume, the the more likely we're going to have some inflammatory effects, which are going to cause these digestive disorders. And that's where we're talking. Talking today about GERD, G E R D, mm-hmm. gastroesophageal reflux disease. So, what that is essentially industrial strength heartburn, right? It pretty much is. And, you know, there are some distinguishing features that you have to know. You know, if I, if I eat too much Thanksgiving dinner and I have an occasional you know, hey, my stomach's full, I got a sour stomach, we're going to, you know, that's an occasional thing, I take some Tums, and it goes away, and it doesn't keep coming back, then, you know, that's, I, I, I cause that, and that's a normal physiological response that's going to occur when we overconsume food, right? Mm-hmm. But GERD is more of a chronic, it's actually a disease, and what that really is that's occurring is we have this sphincter, in other words, this door that shuts between the, the esophagus in the stomach, and we have sphincters all across the digestive tract um, that compartmentalize the digestion process. But what tends to happen is that sphincter, for whatever reason, starts to become weak, and those it doesn't close when we're going through digestion, and the food that's in the stomach uh, causes acid reflex, hence the name, reflex disease, back up to the esophagus. And that causes that, that, um, that nausea, that taste of or burping raw egg type that we've sometimes experienced but now yeah. you're experiencing it very frequently and when that goes on over time there are a lot of negative consequences that can come there, along there certainly are so you know if it's untreated you know it, it can lead to certain types of cancers one being um, um, uh, Barrett's esophagitis, for example, and that's basically an erosive um, erosion of the cells in the esophagus that actually now allows the wrong kind of cells to be produced, which then eventually leads to s- some cancer. So there are some very serious uh, consequences, and obviously that's something that needs to be treated by your doctor. So what is that threshold point? When does it cross over from an occasional problem to really ought to see a doctor? Right. Well, you know, if you're having heartburn problems for more than a couple weeks, you know, that's when when uh, that's the big one. Also, if uh, you're having uh, continuous pain, have difficulty swallowing, uh, painful swallowing, um, you see some 
bleeding, you have unexpected weight gain or weight loss, excuse me, mm-hmm. and choking, those are symptoms that really need to, to be, you know, if somebody's vomiting all the time, for example, you know, after they eat, that is something that tells us we need to see the doctor. So, there are a lot of products that I can just pick up off the shelf for mm-hmm. uh, that sour stomach. Mm-hmm. How do I know which is the right one? Sure, sure. that's very confusing. It's extremely confusing. You know, when I was in pharmacy school, we basically had one category, you know, antacids. And, you know, whether it were liquid or tablet or chewable, you know, they were out there and 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 useful. And then uh, this, this new class of drug came out shortly after I got out of pharmacy school called H2 receptor antagonist, which goes by a uh, common one would be tagament for mm-hmm. example you know mm-hmm. and those those came out and now we have the proton pump inhibitors things like perlosec um, Prevacid, you know, that are available now over the counter. And they each have to be, they each have their nuances that you have to understand how to use them. Okay, so let's start with just the basic antacid mm-hmm. products. So that's going to be Tums and those kinds of products, right? Right, right. So I would take those for just immediate relief and occasional use. Right, and they work very quickly. And so if you look at them, well, probably one of the ones that's most commonly used is calcium carbonate. Okay, uh, calcium carbonate. Uh, basically, what it does is uh, the carbonate uh, breaks apart from the calcium in the stomach, and it uh, makes a bicarbonate. The hydrogen of the acid mixes with the carbonate, and it makes you know basically baking soda, right? Mm-hmm. And as we all know, baking soda has the ability to you know to increase the pH. So basically, you're doing a physiological change. You're you're making the change of the pH, which t- tends to happen. And that's good for a minor thing. Now, dropping that, increasing that pH over long term can be a problem. So, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, it certainly is very effective. Works very quickly. So, what about just taking baking soda? That was like an old homeschool remedy from yeah, years there's, ago. There's nothing wrong with that. That has been done. And that if you actually get a little uh, bit of, if you go look at an Armor Hammer baking soda uh, carton, it'll there's directions on there how to do that. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that is uh, that's just for occasional mm-hmm. got a yeah. problem. But when it starts getting a little more chronic, these H two inhibitors. Tell me more about these. Yeah. So, so Tagamet, Pepsid. All of those guys. Right. So they work, again, on, they actually block, there's a certain receptor in the gut that produces acid. It's a, it's a histamine receptor. And so these work on that specific histamine. It's different histamine than what you have when you have, uh, when you have something like a uh, poison ivy, for example, mm-hmm. where you have that kind of an allergic reaction. But it works on that, and that helps slow down the secretion of acid. And I call it the kind of my in-between. It's not quite as strong as a PPI as far as turning completely off that that pump that produces the acid, but it is more longer duration than th- something like an antacid. One of the problems with the antacids um, is that they work only temporarily. So these these drugs work more quickly, um, not as quick as the antacids, but they work a little quick, more quickly than the, than the proton pump inhibitors. So how long can I, is there a problem with taking these long term? Yeah, there are a couple problems with them. Again, it, it's going to be less they're going to, we're going to have some problems with some vitamin absorptions. We're going to have some problems with B, for example, and calcium and magnesium. Um, and one of the biggest problems with these drugs is there are a lot of drug interactions. Um, Tagamet specifically is one of the worst, um, that it goes through your liver, ties up some of the enzymes, and so people can actually end up with some very elevated levels of certain medications. Mm. So, you know, long term, we, we would have to be concerned about those issues, too. The other issue is, you know, if we're affecting pH— 
over time, and we'll talk about this in great depth with the proton pump inhibitors, they're going to have a problem absorbing some some minerals and things that we're going to need and vitamins. Yeah, I'm glad you teed that up. It's time for us to jump out to a commercial break. But when we come back, we're going to be talking about those protein pump inhibitors, so Prilosec, Prevacid, Nexium, those kinds of drugs. When are those called for? What are some of the problems that Greg sees when people take them inappropriately? And they can really set you up for a serious problem. We'll also talk about some non-medication products that are available to help your digestive system get up to speed. If you are one of those folks who suffer from GERD, stay with us. We've got a lot more to come on the Health Call Live Radio Hour on WoWo. This is Health Call Live. We're glad you're listening, but don't be afraid to call and ask your question on the air. It's free, non-invasive, and best of all, you don't have to wear an exam gown. Now, back to health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. And pharmacist Greg Russell from Fort Wayne Custom Rx is here with us in the studio. So if you have a question about GERD, about this uh, gastric esophageal reflux, things that are happening to you, meds that you're taking that might interact with some of the components that are designed to fight GERD, the phones are open at 447-1190 or 333-1800-333-1190. You can, of course, always text your question to 46862. So where you would put the phone number, just put 46862 and send your question to us. All right. So these uh, PPIs, protein pump inhibitors, are the big guns. Mm -hmm. They are the drugs that seem to be most commonly prescribed by doctors. Right. What do they do, and why is that a problem? Well, first of all, let me just kind of make make a clear here. Um, there are prescription PPIs and over-the-counter PPIs. Okay. So the prescription ones, you know, obviously these are patients that need these medications. The doctors uh, prescribed it. We're not telling you to stop these medications. What we're talking about is patients that are using PPIs indiscriminately for longer time than what they're indicated for over-the-counter. So in other words, you shouldn't be using a PPI more than a a couple weeks every four months and if you're using it more often than that then we're going to have some problems and the first problem we have is kind of a physiological addiction all of a sudden how these drugs work is they turn off these pumps that secrete acid and when they turn off the pumps the body responds by saying that's not normal let's make more pumps so it makes more pumps that further off gets turned off. So over a period of time, you're, you've got lots of these pumps, although they're not secreting, you have them there. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden I say, gosh, I'm feeling a lot better. Let's go off that, that medication. And the first thing that happens is you get a rebound. Oh, and yeah. so patients that tend to be on these things for months at a time, uh, indiscriminately using a non-under-doctor's care are going to have a problem. Uh, that's that's the biggest problem I see. Okay. So that rebound. So what? So your body needs that acid for other processes. It certainly does, and that's the other. That's that's the second problem. Is if you don't have your body through the digestion process. Normally, when I start eating food, the first thing I do is chew my food thoroughly, which mm-hmm. is one treatment that people don't take seriously enough. We all eat too quickly. Yeah. All right. We got to prepare that digestion by those enzymes breaking down that food. But remember, the food is primarily composed of the protein, carbohydrates, and fats. And carbohydrates break down pretty quick, but proteins and fats need a little help. So they get help by the by the stomach dropping the pH, lowering that pH, making it more acidic so it can start breaking apart those proteins and fats. And then we have other organs in the digestive process, such as the pancreas and the gallbladder, that also send out chemicals or enzymes, 
And, uh, and these enzymes are important because they help further increase that digestion. So one of the concerns is as we age, we make less stomach acid. And as we make less stomach acid, then we can't digest our food. Mm-hmm. So now we're eating too quickly. We're eating the wrong kinds of foods. And now that, that food sits in the stomach and it kind of ferments and it causes that acid to go back up. It weakens the sphincter. So in essence, it's kind of interesting. We're actually making a vicious cycle by not allowing the pH to restore to normal levels where it should be, which is low. So now let's turn the the page and start looking at things that we can do outside of taking those meds. So the lifestyle stuff, I mean, if you're overweight, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. If you're smoking, that increases the risk. If you drink too much alcohol and and just the foods that we know are going to cause a problem. So let's take care of those lifestyle issues first. Sure. But then um, you have some items that are more naturally based. Mm-hmm. That can help address this. So I'm going to walk through some of those. And one of them is DGL, licorice root extract. Sure. This one caught my attention, and I don't know why, because yeah. licorice, you know, it's a candy, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's actually an herb. You know, the lic- uh, the, the candy is not actually licorice. It's, it's something else uh, that's manufactured. But the actual herb itself has been used in Chinese medicine for centuries. And basically what DGL licorice does, so, you know, as we have all this acid, the pH stuff that we've been talking mm-hmm. about, there's another mm-hmm. component on our gastrointestinal tract, and that's the coating itself. You know, as our, normally we're creating all this mucus and all this protective layers in our gut, and so we have to try to, so we're working on that protective layer. So what's kind of nice is these products can be used to integrate with either prescription medications or other over-the-counter products. But what I like about DGL licorice is it's a form of licorice that actually has been shown to be mucilaginous. In other words, it helps thicken the mucus of the Mm. gut. And that is in a product called uh, Custom Gut Guard, so that DGL is mixed in with what else? Well, it has a couple of neat things, and one of which is N-acetylglucosamine. We've all heard about glucosamine mm-hmm. being used for our joints. Well, the N-acetylglucosamine actually also thickens the mucus in the gut, a little different mechanism. And because it, this, contain, this product also contains things like glutamine, which is a fuel which helps grow new cells in the gut, and it's used for the energy. It's, and so glutamine, we've talked about in the past, that's a protein. Right. It's fuel for the gut. And then we have things like aloe vera in it. And aloe vera also, uh, when it's used appropriately, helps have improved um, gut motility, as well as it helps also for, uh, improve that mucosal barrier. So how do I take this custom gut guard? Mm-hmm. It, um, that product uh, is, is specifically a powder, and you just mix it in with water or another beverage of your choice. Hopefully not something that's going to irritate your gut, like orange juice or carbonated beverages or mm-hmm. coffee, if those are, are the triggers. But, you know, it's it pleasant, pleasant tasting by itself, so it's really pretty easy to take. Just and, mix it like chocolate milk. And that's a daily yeah. product? Yeah, I usually use it once or twice a day for patients. We have a, a text question here. I take a prescription of omeprazole, 20 milligram in the morning for indigestion caused from multiple medications not getting along with each other. Is there an alternative? Yeah, great question. So, again, I would use something like the gut guard um, and and maybe some enzymes and things of that nature to kind of help 
that whole restore that whole function. The other thing is we try to understand which medication might be mm -hmm. causing it. We might be able to find an alternative medication that would work better. But uh, I will caution you, and I caution everybody that listens to this. One of the things that you do not want to do is just abruptly stop taking your PPI because you're going to get that rebound effect. So you have to taper. You have to taper, right. Okay. So this is interesting. Multiple medications not getting along with each other. And that's where some of your consultation, I think, really comes in. I've learned from previous episodes that if you're one of those people who are taking lots of different meds and you just not, they don't play nice together, how can you help? Well, I think that's, that's what we have to do. We have to actually analyze and look at each medication. We're going to look first at how, how are they interacting themselves. Are they actually doing what they're supposed to be doing for you? Are you actually, for example, if you're taking a blood pressure medication, is it helping control your blood pressure? Are you taking maybe an over-the-counter medication that might interact with that blood pressure medicine? Or there are certain over-the-counter medications that actually can make the PPIs work less effectively, too. So we have to kind of try to look at the whole thing. But one of the biggest things we always look at, I think, is one of my specialties. I like to look at and say, gosh, you know, uh, if I'm taking a long-term PPI, what's my chances that I'm going to have an increased risk of things like osteoporosis or C. difficile infection or pneumonia? Um, so these are all things that have been tied to chronic PPI use. So then mm -hmm. we need to start thinking, hey, if, I have C if I'm at risk for a C. difficile infection, what kind of probiotic can I add that will limit my risk of getting C. difficile? So these are, you know, we, we look at the whole, we look at everything comprehensively. Yeah, you need that acid level to keep your the, the C. diff under control because, man, a C. diff infection, whew, you don't yeah, want to go terrible there. infections, and nobody and, should experience them. And chronic PPI use, there's some indication that there's a link to dementia. Right, yeah. So we don't know exactly why that's the case, um, but, yes, there's definitely a link to long-term dementia. That's just frightening. Yeah. And osteoporosis is a real problem for patients because as we age, especially in females, mm -hmm. they get postmenopause. We start seeing, and we're, we're trying to give them calcium and, and the bone support they need, and then they're on this PPI, which is making it more difficult. Do probiotics play a role in all of this? Yeah, probiotics, uh, it's amazing. We, we've done shows on probiotics in the mm -hmm. past, but mm -hmm. the research that keeps coming out, basically, the, I, th I look at probiotics as uh, your body's uh, ability for the gut to talk to the brain, and they play a huge role in regulating the immune system. But basically, getting those proper bacteria, and that's the other thing. So, you know, we're taking PPIs, they change the pH of the stomach, and guess what? Bacteria that should not be in your gut all of a sudden are growing there, proliferating, that they shouldn't be there. And then they're sending the wrong signals. They're, causing, they're sending signals to say, hey, we, you're, we're going to increase inflammation. And that inflammation may manifest itself in many different ways. Uh, and I want to mention one of the products here that you offer, Pyloracil. Tell me about this one. This is interesting. So, so I like Pyloracil, too. For somebody who doesn't want, like, the gut guard or they have, uh, you know, maybe had a history of peptic ulcer disease with a bacteria called Helicopylori, uh, that, that bacteria has been linked to the things like ulcers. But what I like about this product, it has zinc carnosine in it. And zinc carnosine itself in, in the country of Japan is used as a prescription medication, not here in the United States, it's, it's an over-the-counter, but it's, you know, we've all talked about zinc for a lot of things. Oh, yeah. Carnosine appears to be the vehicle that delivers the zinc down into the cells of the intestinal lining, and there's an anti-inflammatory 
anti-inflammatory effect actually on the cells. So again, we're working to try to bring inflammation down, bringing the mucosal integrity, or in other words, the coating of the intestinal tract. We're trying to improve that with these products. So our time is gone, Greg, but the takeaway for today is if you suffer from, from that chronic heartburn and that constant indigestion problem and are taking meds, there may be alternatives out there or a different process. And Greg Russell at Fort Wayne Custom RX is eager to talk with you about that. We'll take, just drop into the pharmacy and he'll spend a few minutes with you and kind of figure out what's going on and make some suggestions. We hope that you will. Custom RX is at 425 East DuPont Road, right behind the Casa Grill. And Greg, thank you always. I always learn so much when you're here. Thank you. On the other side of the half hour, man, we've got some uh, interesting COVID information here. Look, we're all burned out on COVID. I get that. But this Omicron thing, whole new animal, lots of different challenges. We'll tell you about some things that you won't hear anywhere else. Coming up next on the Health Call Live Radio Hour on WoWo. Podcasts by Federated Media.